Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... So now set up first and 10 on the Texans 15. Delayed hand up to Jacobs. Huge hole at the middle 10. Cuts right side five. Touchdown, Jacobs. The hat trick in the end zone. His third rushing touchdown of the day. Goes in the pocket. Over the middle. Intercepted. Harmon at the 30. 40. Racing far side. 50. 30. Harmon at the 20. Five. Touchdown, Raiders. DeRon Harmon. And officially... It's the second Vegas victory of the season. 38-20, Las Vegas knocks off Houston. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And just in case you didn't know what his name was, Josh Jacobs is what he goes by. (laughs) Three touchdowns on the day at Allegiant Stadium is what he did and helped solidify another victory for the Silver and Black, improving their record to 2-4 and on the season. Of course, you heard Jerron Harmon as well with the the real dagger for uh, the Houston Texans. They didn't have an opportunity at all after Jerron Harmon sealed the deal with his pick six, the very first pick six of his NFL career. It goes along with 23 career interceptions that he has. So a great team effort right there at the end of the game for the Raiders to to punch the 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 ticket to the win column and that's exactly what they did two and four overall on the season this is unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and every single Monday night we're at the Underground Lounge where's the Underground Lounge it's inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino we get ready for Monday night football action of course we'll see some Monday night football on the TV screens that are directly behind me when I say directly behind me I mean directly behind me I'm literally sitting right in front of the TV screen so you cannot miss me and there's plenty of uh, TV screens as well so just in case you don't want to look at me you don't have to you can come on by and check out plenty of TV screens enjoy plenty of great food specials plenty of great drink specials and of course Monday night football action we got a lot of prizes on our table right now we got some more prizes being put on our table right now as we speak but it's funny man before we even got the show started today I was already handing out uh, cups and koozies from Radio Nation Radio 920 like I was going out of style I was like Oprah you get a cup you get a koozie you get a cup you get a koozie I mean it was just one of those things we were throwing out uh, all kind of prizes already so we got some tickets here for UNLV as well uh, got all kind of good stuff for you to come on by and check out uh, Hop Valley the official uh, craft beer of the Las Vegas Raiders we've been giving out uh, the six packs of those the 12 out cans we've been giving those away and uh, we've been doing that each and every week so you can come on by and get hooked up with that as well we just got a lot for you including a lot of great conversation as well as uh, we'll get to talk about a Raiders victory how the Raiders got the victory we'll hear from some Raider players in the locker room post game uh, a lot of good stuff for you on the show today again we're at the underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino Monday Night Football we do it each and every Monday with Raider Nation Radio 920 coming up on the show today Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, he joins us each and every Monday at 2.30 to talk about the Raiders, talk about uh, what the team could do now. Now they get ready to head onto the road and take on the New Orleans Saints. That'll be Halloween weekend, so that should be uh, some kind of affair there in the Big Easy, right? There should be a lot of fun on Bourbon Street between Saint fans and uh, Raider Nation uh, flooding the streets of New Orleans and flooding Bourbon Street. That should be one hell of an event, so we'll talk about that. And not only that, the Raiders are staying on the East Coast. They're not going to be coming back to Las Vegas. They're going to go directly from that game with the Saints to Jacksonville. At least that's what I believe. And so uh, that'll be interesting to see how that helps them moving forward as well. But we'll talk with Ed Graney, all things silver and black. That'll come up at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, Mick Akers from the RJ as well. He'll join the show. And whenever he joins the show, there's always a business side of things. And so there was a report, and there's been plenty of reports that people have been 
tweeting at me and said, Q, have you seen this? Q, have you seen that? Well, Mick Akers put out a piece on the RJ on, I believe, on Saturday, and I reached out to him because, all right, now that Mick has put it out, and now that Mick is writing about it, now I want to talk about it. And that is uh, his piece that he put out, Magic Johnson Eyes Raiders Ownership. And, of course, uh, when you hear that, you think Magic Johnson, you know all the business adventures he has uh, ever since retiring from the NBA. You know everything he's got going on with the Dodgers and many other different business adventures, like I said, that he is a part of. You hear that and you think, oh, man, Magic Johnson wants to be a part of the, the Raiders organization or wants to own some of the Raiders organization. It's a small minority percentage. It's not, a, it's not a big percentage, and it's not even really about Magic Johnson. It's really about the people that are backing him up. Of course, he's going to be the big name. He's going to be the face. He's going to be the smile. It's Irvin Magic Johnson. It's the magic man. So we'll talk to Mick Akers coming up at 3 o'clock, get his thoughts on that. Uh, you know, there's, there's been reports out for a while now. Uh, for quite a while, I want to say months going back, uh, there was reports that, that there was someone who was given a, or wanted to give a pretty good penny as far as, uh, you know, wanting to pay a lot of money to be a part owner of uh, the Silver and Black. So we'll talk to Mick and see what he thinks about that and, and what Magic Johnson is trying to do and his group are trying to do right now as far as the Raiders are concerned. So that's coming up at 3 o'clock. 3.30, Michael Janitti from Spotrack.com. He's the uh, founder of Spotrack.com, talks all things contracts, and wanted to have him on because I don't know if you've noticed, Raider Nation, the last three games that the Raiders have played, there's been one dude that's in the backfield that has been tearing it up, and that is Josh Jacobs. You heard the highlights coming in. Uh, you heard Jason Horowitz on the call there, cur courtesy of Compass Media. Uh, he was he was a, a, a dog on, on Sunday. He absolutely was. There's no doubt about that. He got a game ball for his effort, you know, over an, uh, 140 yards again on the ground, uh, three touchdowns on the ground. I mean, the dude has just been a monster the last three games. And, of course, when you start talking contracts, you start talking about Josh Jacobs. I saw a lot of people, and I heard a lot of people talking about, well, what do the Raiders do? Do they franchise them? Uh, should they give him a contract extension right now? What what can they do legally? I mean, what because he got his fifth year option declined. So I thought, you know what? Instead of speculating on what they can do or what what we think might happen, how about we have Michael Janitti from Spotrack.com on the show to actually talk about what in real you know realistically what they can do? And you know, I don't see any way. And this is just my gut feeling. I don't see any way that they would franchise him because they turned down the fifth-year option, which was about, what, eight-something and almost $9 million. The franchise tag is going to be about 10 the franchise tag uh, this year for the running backs was nine point something million dollars. So just about ten million dollars. It's only going to go up next year. So I don't see any way, anyhow, that they put a franchise tag on them. Don't forget they also drafted two running backs in this past uh, April's draft with uh, Britton Brown in the seventh round, and then of course Zeus Zamir White in the fourth round. So those are two other running backs that they have in the stable. They have Brandon Bolden. They have Amir Abdullah. So just want to get Michael Janetti's thoughts. Uh, Spotrack.com again. Get his thoughts on what he thinks potentially the Raiders could do and. What what kind of market? What kind of market could we be potentially looking at for Josh Jacobs as well? And this was a note that Paul Gutierrez from ESPN actually said to me uh, last night after the game. We were standing there getting ready to go into the locker room. We were talking about Josh Jacobs, and it was funny because I said, "Well, hey, funny things happen when you give the ball to your best player, right?" And I tweeted that out all all game long, right? Great things happen when Josh Jacobs carries the rock. Great things happen when Josh Jacobs runs the ball. Great things happen. I mean, just simple as that because that has been proven that the Raiders are at their best when Josh Jacobs is running the ball, and he's done that effectively the last three games. So early in the season, they weren't giving him the ball as much as I thought that they should have. Now they are. Now they're having, having a heavy emphasis on Josh Jacobs, and again, good things happen. But Paul made, made this uh, comment to me before we went into the locker room. We all know that Josh Jacobs is set to be a free agent after this season. Paul said, you know what, he might actually be running his way out of Las Vegas, not because he's trying to get out of Las Vegas, but because he's running so well, and he's, I mean, right now he's third in the league in rushing. 
And we're going to talk about Josh Jacobs in the opening drive in a minute, so just hold on. But he, he brought that up. He said, man, he's running so well, he might be running out of, out of Las Vegas where there's a team that's going to have a ton of cap space and void of talent. And I immediately think of, like, the Jacksonville Jaguars, what they did with Christian Kirk and what they did with Zay Jones and what they did with other guys when they gave him a bunch of money free, free agent-wise that someone might just come knocking on his door and say, hey, man, uh, you know, how about we give you this is the kind of contract we want to extend you. And that just is probably going to be too much for the Raiders organization that in, in, in their, you know, feelings to say, yeah, thanks but no thanks. That's a whole lot of money. And, and Josh would be crazy to turn down a boatload of money. So that, that could be a possibility as well. So we'll talk all things contracts, all the things, possibilities, uh, what the free agent market may look like for a running back in, in 2022, 2023. Uh, we'll do that with Michael Giannini at 3, 3.30. Then at 4 o'clock, our good friend Faven K from Fox 5 in the morning. She's on with Dave Hall, who is a Chiefs fan. Uh, Faven was on with us before the, uh, before the Raiders beat the Broncos, before the first win of the season. And I remember telling her after that, well, uh, you might have to come on every week now because, well, if, it's not, if, it, if, it, if it works, it's not stupid. It's not weird, right? I mean, you always talk about the traditions that, that we as fans have and things that we do uh, traditionally because, well, it just works. So we haven't had Faven on since the Raiders beat the Broncos, but uh, immediately after the Raiders won the game yesterday at Allegiant Stadium, I said, hey, so I guess you'll have to come on tomorrow to talk about uh, getting the second victory at home, seeing the second victory, the way Josh Jacobs was playing, and she was like, yep, no doubt about it. So uh, we'll get Faven's thoughts coming up at 4 o'clock as a big fan of the Silver and Black, just what she thought about the way that the Raiders are winning, uh, what they're doing to, to win these games. You know, Josh Jacobs obviously running the ball. Just We'll get her thoughts, all things Silver and Black, talk about the fans that were at the game, uh, the atmosphere at Allegiant Stadium as uh, Iggy Azalea performed. That's a whole other conversation, but <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to Faven coming up at 4 o'clock. And as I mentioned, I uh, have plenty of locker room sound to get to. I uh, was very active in the Raiders locker room following the game. We talked to Devontae Adams. We talked to Colton Miller, Hunter Renfro, DJ Turner, Deron Harmon, Josh Jacobs. We got to talk to all those guys in the Raiders locker room yesterday, so you'll hear those conversations as well on the show. Plus, You'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels, who met with the media earlier today. And uh, we got some good little sound bites to hear from him. So as you can tell, we got a very busy show. Again, we're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. This is our Monday night spot each and every Monday as we prepare for Monday night football. And we encourage you to come on by. Lots of folks been here. Lots of folks already at the bar playing some games and enjoying some drinks and uh, getting their food specials on as well. And I'll say this. It's so funny. Normally, I sit in front of the DJ booth when we're here, uh, and it's this, it's, this, it's this little DJ booth that's here in front of TV, kind of, uh, you know, catty corner or whatever at an angle, you know. So today, sat up a little bit differently, right? Our, our, our table setup's a little differently, which is great. It's fantastic to have a different view uh, the, of all the action, you know, this time. So uh, this is cool. But I look over to the left, and I'm not a Halloween guy. Everyone knows that, that I'm not one of those dudes that celebrates Halloween. But on this DJ booth, there is a, a pumpkin. There is a... It's not a guy, but it's, it looks like a guy. It looks like it could be a person. And DeMond, I'll have to take a picture and, and send it to you. It, could, it looks like it could be a person, like a, a, a DJ with a pumpkin head, you know, trying to pump up the crowd or whatever. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool little uh, decoration that they have here. But every time, I don't know if you ever do this, but at the corner of your eye or you look over and you'll see someone over there, I keep thinking it's like a real person, and it's not. Clearly, it's a decoration, but it's so funny. So every single time I look over, I see this dude and think it's a, it's a real person. But, again, it's just a Halloween decoration. So uh, don't be surprised if I talk about that guy throughout the course of the show because, again, it doesn't matter how many times I say that it's not a real person. Every time I look over there, it feels like 
it's a real person. It's just it's so funny. So uh, good good job on the Oyo and the Underground Lounge for coming up with that really good creative decoration that they have here in the Underground Lounge. So there you go. Ed Graney at 2.30, Mick Akers at 3, Michael Janetti at 3.30, and Faven K at 4 o'clock, plus plenty of locker room sound you'll get today on the show. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, it's so funny. Every single day, we put together a rundown for the show, and we say, okay, at 2.30, we're going to do this. At 3 o'clock, we're going to do this, that, and the other. 2.45, we're going to get calls and texts, whatever. We have a basic game plan. And every day on our rundown, and Damon is my witness as he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio making everything go. He is my witness because we, we share this, this document. We either print it out or if I'm on the road, we'll just email it to each other. But he has it. I have it. So on Friday when I was at Buffalo Wild Wings, I had two topics that I wanted to talk about. But I put next to one of the topics Monday. And I put it next to Monday because it was anticipation of Josh Jacobs having a big game on Sunday, thinking that, okay, you know what? They're not good at stopping the run. It's something I've been pounding the table all, uh, all week long that they need to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball until the Texans can stop them, which obviously they did, and the Raiders come away with the victory. But that's not the point. The point is I put it there on Monday because I wanted to make sure I talked about it because I think it's really important. When we talk about running backs in the NFL in general, how come it seems like, and maybe it doesn't. If it doesn't, please correct me and tell me that it doesn't and that you're hearing his name all the time. But how come it feels like we don't talk about Josh Jacobs as one of the elite running backs in the league or one of the top-notch running backs in the league? Is it just me, or does that happen all the time, that we start talking about the running backs? We talk about Derrick Henry. We talk about Nick Chubb. We talk about Kareem Hunt. You know, We talked about Christian McCaffrey getting traded to the 49ers. I mean, we talk about all these running backs. You know, you can look at uh, Austin Eckler with the Chargers. We talk about him. We talk about uh, the cat in, in, in Kansas City uh, who used to be the first-round draft pick who, well, for the longest they didn't even use. Um, and I forget his name now. But we talk about him, right? We talk about a lot of these running backs. But it seems like so many times Josh Jacobs' name, and it's not disrespectful, he just gets caught up in the shuffle. Like, it just gets caught up in the mix, and we don't mention him. So I want to throw the question out there because, again, I always give out game balls after the Raiders win. I'll tell you right now, you can call in with your game balls. I, I give out two, and I think there's only two people that, that deserve game balls, but I think that they both deserve game balls in a major way. Josh Jacobs being one offensively and Deron Harmon on defense. And I think it's that simple. Now, if you have someone else that you'd like to point out, feel free. But I really want to get into this Josh Jacobs conversation because I feel like he doesn't get enough attention. Even, And I can say this for myself, and I'm a guy who's a big Josh Jacobs fan. I can say this. All week last week, who did I spend more time talking about? Tamon. Did I spend more time talking about Josh Jacobs or did I spend more time talking about Damian Pierce from the Texans? Right? I mean, and I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, I spent more time on Damian Pierce than I did on Josh Jacobs because I kept saying that you have to stop him. And you saw what he was able to do, especially early in the game. He was getting off. But even then, I, I spent more time talking about Pierce than I did talking about the success of what Josh Jacobs has been able to do. All right, Q, you were talking about Damian Pierce a little bit more, but I've got an answer for the question already. Okay. 
And I do think that it's the lack of big plays where he doesn't have so many highlight plays. His longest run of the season already is 48 yards. Right. But he's averaging over five yards per carry, but it's that consistent five yards. It's not the, hey, a guy has a 140-yard rushing game, and it's because he had one big 70-yard play and maybe another 30-yard run that you're going to see on ESPN that's going to be a top 10. And I, I didn't think that that lack, he's not flashy enough where people want to hype up their running backs. Okay, that's fair. We got a text at 69187, keyword R&R, from the 209. Uh, Joe, oh, no, it's not from the 209. The numbers are 209. It's actually Joseph in Denver. He said there's no way the Raiders let Josh Jacobs walk without any compensation if he keeps this up. They'll franchise tag him, even if it's $10 million. Fifth-year option was only $2 million less. And I understand what you're saying, but I don't think that they're willing to spend that kind of money. I don't think that this regime, go back and look at it, I don't think that this regime is going to be willing to put $10 million price tag on a running back for one year. That's that's you can't do anything. Think about it, Joseph. You can't do anything with that. If you if you franchise them and say it's ten million dollars even, which we won't be, but just say it's let's just deal with basic math numbers, because I'm not good at anything else but basic math. And we'll talk to Michael Janetti about this coming up at three thirty. If they were to franchise them and it's ten million dollars for one year, you can't you know, you can't prorate the bonus, you can't I mean that's straight gas guaranteed money. Right? That's 100% guaranteed right there. There's no way that they're going to give them that. They're going to franchise tag them if they weren't willing to give them the fifth-year option, which was less than that. That doesn't make any kind of sense. And I know that maybe they didn't know exactly what they were going to bring to the table, but there's no way that they're going to do that. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to let him walk at all. What he's doing right now, I would, if I'm Dave Ziegler and company, I'd try to lock him up right now. I'd try to give him a, a year or two-year deal before uh, gets to the end of the season, and some team, like I mentioned earlier, like Jacksonville or someone, or Carolina with a boatload of money says, hey, we'll take them, we'll take them, and here's a whole bunch of money that you can't say no to. I would try to lock them up right now while you still could do that. That's why we're having Michael Giannitti on the show, but I'd have to uh, respectfully disagree with you on that. They're not going to franchise them. I, I just, there's no way I see that, and if, if they do, and I'm wrong, hey, cool, I'm wrong, I'll be the first to admit it. I just don't see that happening. That's just that's just too much money. And, and like I said, if they were going to do that, they would have, uh, you know, they would have gone ahead and picked up the fifth year option on them. Now, before we get to any calls, I did want to play a sound bite that we got a, we got a chance to talk to Josh Jacobs in the uh, in, in the locker room for like a quick minute, and then he had to go to the podium. And so uh, it was funny at the end of his podium session. And, and Demond, this is the second little sound bite on Josh Jacobs on the opening drive sounder. He, uh, I asked him about Damian Pierce. As I mentioned, you know, we talked about Damian Pierce, and I talked about him quite a bit throughout the course of uh, the, the week last week leading into the game. And I asked him straight up, like, did, did that conversation that he heard about other running backs that weren't named Josh Jacobs, did that give him a little bit of extra edge? Did that make him, you know, say, hey, this is still my house, regardless how good Damian Pierce is? So I actually, you know, pay attention and watch him. I, I like his game. Like I told him, I told him after the game, I was like, man, I'm really a fan, you know. I'm a fan of your game. I like I like good running backs, so I used to watch him in college and, and things like that. So uh, when I seen him, you know, in the first half, and he was he was he had like more rushing yards in the first half. I say, oh yeah, I got to turn it on. I can't I can't I can't let him, you know, outwork me. But at the same time, I still like his game. He is is much respect him. There you go, right there. And Josh Jacobs is a competitor, right? And so you're hearing all these other people talk about you, and that's what really got me thinking about it uh, on Friday. It's like, man, we've been talking about a lot of different players and a lot of different backs and how you stop the, the Texans and everything goes through Damian Pierce. Well, everything's been going through Josh Jacobs, and, and he's just not getting enough conversation. And, DeMond, you might be spot on. It might be exactly that, that, you know, just not seeing enough big enough home run plays or no, nothing flashy, which, you know, hey, he doesn't have to be flashy. He just has to go out there 
and, and do what he does. And I'll tell you what, flashy is three touchdowns, 146 yards on, uh, what, 20 carries or whatever the case may be. I mean, 21 carries. I mean, he, he had a, a great stat line. That's, that's as flashy as it needs to be as far as I'm concerned. But I, I totally understand where you're coming from. So, real, I mean, just, just simply, you know, why is Josh Jacobs so underrated or is he? Maybe it's just me who thinks he's underrated. So we'd love to hear from you, 702-365-9200. we got Ed Graney coming up from our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. We'll start off asking him that question, but let's go out to the phone lines and talk to Fargo Raider. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Tina DeMond, thank you for taking my call. Um, I'll get right to answering the question. We're 1-14. We've been ridiculed the league for, I mean, two generations in my family now, me and my son. Now to this point, we're starting to regain that respect that we've had, but we still have setbacks in that. And that's probably why. In my heart of hearts, that's what I think. He's not going to get the, the respect he deserves, just like they took the respect from Devontae when he joined the Silver and Black. All of a sudden, it's excuses. All of a sudden, somebody else doesn't work for him. I like exactly how he said it. I'm not going to let him outwork me. Yeah. That, that tells you right there. He... I made a meme. I put it up. I posted it to you guys. They declined my fifth-year option, and I took that personal. He may not say <laughs> that, but look at how he's running. Right? Look how you he run? He's running to get not only that paycheck, but the respect that he's earned and deserves. And I think that this is going to go a long way. It don't matter how you make a thousand dollars. If you got ten hundred, you got fifty, twenty. It's still a stack, bro. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. We got the W. And the offense has been running through Josh Jacobs. Those cleats are making our money. And you got to show the respect. But he, he'll get his respect. And it's going to be a lot harder earn than other guys because we're not that team that everybody fluffs up and drools over for no reason. If he were a Charger, right now they'd talk about how he's going to be a Super Bowl or a, a Hall of Fame contender in however many years. Thank you guys for taking my call. You have a great day. Thanks, uh, Fargo. Appreciate that. And, and I'll say this. I mean, there's there's obviously some truth to that, but that's not the reason why I wasn't talking about him, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it has nothing to do with the, the Raiders being one and four. It's just when when we start talking about Josh Jacobs, we, I think we get caught up in the shuffle. And, and maybe it goes back to what DeMond was saying about it not being flashy. I've been the first one to say it, and I was the one pounding the table for Josh Jacobs to even get drafted by the Silver and Black. You can go back. I got the receipts. Right? When people told me, oh, you don't draft an Alabama running back. Oh, you don't take running backs in the first round. I was like, oh, this is a different dude, man. You take that guy. I had no problem with that. Uh, I stand by that, right? Now, there's other guys that I pounded the table for that I was completely wrong on. And that happens, too. But uh, that's, you know, so that's, I understand what you're saying about if he was on another team, people would be talking about him. But, I mean, what's the reason why we're, we weren't talking about him as much? Right? And, and I don't think that any of us were talking about him a ton outside of, well, you know, the offense has to go through Josh Jacobs. But, is anyone talking about him? I mean, he's number three in the league right now. He's the number three rusher in the league. And he's got a lot less carries than the other cats. And he's still number three. Appreciate you. Still, still up there in the top three, and he's got a lot less carries than the other cats. He has 111 on the season. Let me tell you about the other guys. Nick Chubb is number one. He's got 126 carries. So that's 15 less than Jacobs. And he has 740 yards, where Josh Jacobs has 633. So just about 100 more yards, a little bit over 100 more yards, and he has eight touchdowns as opposed to Josh's six. And then Saquon Barkley, he has the most carries, 143, and only has 726 yards. So he has less than 100 yards more than Josh Jacobs and only has four touchdowns, but he's not, and he's number two. 
And, of course, we talk about him because, well, he was a super high draft pick. And we've always talked about Saquon Barkley. Coming out of school, we talked about him. And now that he's healthy, it's actually it's good to see him out there playing. He's, he's a dynamic guy. But I said it last week, and I say it again. Barkley's no, no better, in my opinion, than Josh Jacobs is. I mean, really. I mean, they're, they're basically, when they're both healthy and they both are healthy, they're both the same, same dynamic player. Josh Jacobs could do it all. Saquon Barkley could do it all. And the only thing different about Josh Jacobs is he hasn't been asked to catch as many passes as Barkley. But I believe if, if, if a push came to shove, he would. He'd have no problem doing that. Let's go back out to the phone lines real quick. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Fish in Berkeley. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Oh, yes, sir. Hey, first and foremost, official campaign. You know, I like nicknames, baby. And we're going to call him JJ and Dim, okay? And reason why we tacked that Dim on there, because it's hard. You'd be hard-pressed to see more than one person. Only one tackler. Oh, it's going to take them. It's going to take a few to tackle J.J. and them. And number two, uh, let me tell you something. Hey, it's interwoven in sports journalism in, the, in America that if the Raiders are doing bad, let's highlight that. If the Raiders are doing good, that's false. let's talk about what they're doing bad. <laughs> that's okay? false. So we get that. That's, we ride with that. This that's not nation ain't for everybody, baby. Okay, th- thank you for the call. That's not true. I do sports radio, and that's not a that's not a prerequisite. I get it. I believe me, I get it. That's not a, that's not a prerequisite. Actually, sports radio is a lot more fun when the Raiders are fun and the Raiders are winning. I could I could tell you that firsthand. I can tell you how many times I do an ESPN national show where people want to talk about the Raiders. They're begging to talk about the Raiders, and they're actually asking me, "Q, why aren't they doing better?" I couldn't tell you how many times I've talked about the Raiders since I've done national shows, and I've done a handful now, or a little over 70-something shows I've done in less than a year. And I promise you, there's never been a prerequisite. Jason Fitz will tell you he's done a lot more than I have. There's not a kind of a, there's not a, a hidden handshake or a – that's silly. That's silly. Let's, let's go back out to the phone lines. Let's get one more call. Raider X, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How you doing, brother? How we're doing all right. How are you doing? Doing, doing good. Um, he kind of threw me off my game. Um, <laughs> me too. So, <laughs> Believe yeah, me, me yeah, too. <laughs> I, 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 I'm thinking about what he said. Um, anyways, so the whole flashiness, you know, everybody loves, you know, like like in baseball, the long ball. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, 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 the, the flashiness, but I think, you know, what would you rather have? A guy that sits there can break it away here and there, or a guy that's going to steadily give you five yards per carry, six yards per carry? I, I would, and I know any coach would. Because right. that's exactly how they're building the, the Raiders to be. That, 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 those bullies just grind it out. Just grind, grind, grind. And then kind of going back, I think it was Rich that you had that text. I, I kind of agree, and it's not because they, they would pay him. I think it's because, unfortunately, they kind of do him wrong. They'd lock him into that franchise tag and, and trade him out, kind of like they did Devontae on the other end. But, oh, you're talking about, um, Joseph, Joseph, you're talking about Joseph's about, about franchising? Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, I mean that, that's the only way it makes sense. But I do not. I agree with you. I do not see this regime going out and spend, spending ten mil. I mean, if you look back on their history, it's always been done by a group. Right. Uh, they, they, they traditionally they run, run, run until they're tired, and then they bring in the next guys. You know, next next man up. Next 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 man up. That guy got me all all messed up. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyways, now my two game balls. Um. I, I would say uh, you know uh, Andre James. And um, also, uh, you know, either Perriman or Diablo, because 
so many changes and so many things are taking place, especially on that defensive side of the ball. So those guys holding the mic or, you know, with the mic on their, on, on their, on their headpiece, I think they're being instrumental. There's a lot of changes. I wish there was a little bit more with Patrick Graham on the side of the ball, but that offensive line is humming. And, you know, I, I, I love Josh, but, you know, even Derek Carr and some of the plays you see in the defenses and the schemes, somebody's doing something right on that offensive line. Yeah. And uh, it's either Carm, I think Becerra, or, you know, or Andre James. Because even when they put Parham in there, they're running something right. These guys are truly coming into their own. And they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. I like to see what they do when, uh, at the end of the season. Because it looks like they're going to be being very formidable. And you watch on some of the plays down, down, down uh, they're bullying some guys. I mean, you watch when they get to the next level. Those linebackers by by the third quarter have fear. I mean, you see them stepping away and, you know, and, and their, their heads on a swivel because our guys are punishing. It, it, it's cool to watch. So I love it, man. But those are my two things. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that Josh, uh, he's going to ball out. And, uh, unfortunately, I'm a little worried that he's not going to stay around. I know he wants to, but hey, he's got he's to get his money. Right. So, that's it, bro. Hey, good call. And yeah, I would never, I would never hesitate to, you know, pat a guy on his back for, uh, for going and getting his money, and he's earning it. He's earning every bit of it. Uh, one quick text from Jason to Maryland six nine one eight seven keyword R and I think Jacobs was talked about in the same breath as Chubb and Henry, some of those other top backs until last year. The offensive line struggled, so did he, but got it going uh, late season. But his yards per carry dropped to like three point nine. It was five his first two years. I think what DeMond said makes a difference, too. Jacobs doesn't have that top-end speed, so he doesn't have a lot of house calls. But they'll be talking about him this week, and you're right about that. Definitely should be talking about him this week. I know he's up for FedEx Ground Player of the uh, the Week. He definitely should get that. And uh, he's just really doing it doing it real big and, put, and helping put the team on his on his back, or I should say on his legs, and, and showing what he can do. And I can appreciate that. And I think that he's really that breath of fresh air that the Raiders need offensively to say, hey, follow me, we'll get it done. And then that opens up everything else for everyone else. So uh, I could appreciate what he's doing, and I definitely want to make sure to highlight that. And again, like I said, that's even on me. I don't even talk about him as enough, uh, enough as, as I should be. So that's something that I will take, and I'll take on my shoulder. And believe me, I have no agenda against talking about the Raiders when they do something bad. Believe me, there's nobody in this building that wants to talk about the Raiders doing something better and good more than I do. <laughs> there is no doubt about that. I want to talk about the Raiders being really good at all costs. That makes, that makes my day that much easier. 2.29 is the time. We're in the underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Ed Graney will join the show next. We'll start off talking about Josh Jacobs. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We are here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here for Monday Night Football. It's our spot each and every Monday night. We definitely appreciate them here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And we've been talking about Josh Jacobs. Got some really good texts. I got one on 69187, keyword R&R from the 916. We'll get to at about 245. A fantastic text that I definitely want to talk about and and spend some time with. So we'll get that about 245. But right now, joining us on the phone lines from our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, is our good friend Ed Graney. He's also uh, writes last of great stuff for the review journal and ed thanks so much for your time this afternoon we definitely appreciate you and i started off talking and i was actually talking about myself as well 
feeling like we don't talk about Josh Jacobs enough, feeling like he gets caught up in the shuffle of great running backs in the league, and we fail to talk about Josh Jacobs, but yet he goes out and does what he does. Is it just me, or does, does Josh Jacobs fly under everyone's radar? No, I think you're exactly right. I think you hear the same names over and over when people say who the best running backs in the league is, but I'll tell you what, the uh, are, but I'll tell you what, after the last three weeks, if people don't you know, step up and take notice, then they're just not paying attention. But you're right. Um, I think at this point in his career, he's kind of flown under the radar, but now he's, just, he's playing so well, so it's, it's impossible now to, to not know uh, how good he really is. And all the credit to him. You know, they didn't pick up his option. Uh, he's in a contract year, and when that happens, you go one or the other way. You can, like, pout and, you know, uh, be, be mad, which I'm sure he wasn't happy they didn't pick it up, or you can go out and do what he's doing. And now he's going to force them to make a decision, or he's, you know, he's going to cash in from somebody else. Um, something's going to happen if he keeps playing this way, though. Yeah, exactly. And we have Michael Giannetti from Spotrack.com coming up at 3.30. He's going to talk some contracts with us. But uh, I, I, I had a, we were having a little bit of back-and-forth discussion about the fact that they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. And someone had suggested earlier this morning to the morning tailgate that, okay, well, they just go ahead and franchise him. But, Ed, the franchise tag is about $10 million, whereas the fifth-year option was only about eight. To right. me, it doesn't make any sense. I don't think that they would do that. But, again, that's just me thinking that they wouldn't do that. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think they would do that either. Look, I mean, they were, I think they're pleasantly surprised as well, because what did we hear the entire time? These guys were going to be running back to by committee. And I think when they didn't pick up his option, that's what they told us, that it's going to be running back by committee. They weren't going to invest that much in one running back. I don't think, for, you know, and I'm sure they're, like I said, pleasantly surprised at what's happening, but I don't think they saw this from Josh Jacobs. Right. I think that's why they didn't pick up the option. And I don't think anyone saw this from Josh Jacobs. He's now breaking Marcus Allen's records. He's, you know, he's one of three guys with, what, 140 and a touchdown in three straight weeks. And, you know, in history, I mean, he's doing things that, like, you know, even the most optimistic person about Josh Jacobs wouldn't have thought he'd done. So I think they're, they're going to have a decision to make. Um, I think they're, you know, obviously, you know, uh, happy with what's, hap- what's going on. And right. I think they're going to keep feeding him the ball. As they should. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ Las Vegas Review Journal here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And so with him being able to put together the performances that he's had, I mean, it just it makes sense that they keep doing that. But, Ed, I mean, how much does that just open up the rest of the offense uh, if he keeps pounding the rock like he is? It opens up a lot, I think. You know, get everyone healthy. You have to get everyone healthy, first of all, you know, in that, in that mm-hmm. passing offense. But, um you know, the tape's going to be out there now, and everyone's going to have to make a decision. And, you know, what he's doing is making it difficult on defensive coordinators now. If he was running for 50 yards a game, that's one thing. They can kind of, you know, load up and, 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 and you know, uh, defend the pass, maybe perhaps how they're not going to anymore. So if he keeps running like this, uh, I don't want to be an opposing defensive coordinator because then they start throwing the ball to get everyone healthy, they get Waller healthy. You know, everyone's right uh, finally because I don't think they've been right for a while now in terms of those three guys. Um, it makes you know it makes the Raiders that much more you know potent and, and dangerous offensively. Right, Ed Grady is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. Demond's got one for you. We know that winning cures all problems with the team, but coming into this season, it was the offensive line. Hey, this team is only going to go as far as this offensive line takes them. With Josh Jacobs having this resurgence, you know, three straight games over a hundred yards, do you think that that's giving some relief to the narrative that this is a bad offensive line? Now we just know what they actually do well. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Damon. I mean, and, I, and like you said, if, if they're not talking about Josh Jacobs, maybe we're not talking about the offensive line improving as much as we should. Right. Um, he's not running for 140, 150 every, every week without, you know, 
decent play up front. Uh, they've had their share of injuries up front. They've had their share of unknowns up front. And, you know, I know Josh McDaniels talked about it today. He gave a lot of credit to Cole Miller and Andre James for kind of being leaders on that, on that offensive front. Um, but you're exactly right. He's, he's not doing this by himself. So, you know, as people start looking at Josh Jacobs and, you know, maybe all of us uh, uh, not are at fault here, but maybe all of us should be talking more about the offensive line as well because you're right. I mean, that's all, that's all anyone talked about in the preseason. And for good reason. Look, they weren't very good last year. They lost some guys. No one knew who was going to fill in. Um, you know, we know what happened with Leatherwood and all that. So I, I don't think it was wrong for us to question the offensive line as the main, you know, kind of supposed culprit as to what could go wrong with the team. But now you have to turn around and say, you know what, they must be getting better because, like I said, he's not doing this, you know, on his own every week. No, he's not. And, you know, go, t- sticking with the offensive line theme and taking it to another uh, step and take another step with it as far as a star player, Devontae Adams, when the Raiders acquired him, we all said that, well, now they can't load the box and try to stop Josh Jacobs. Are we starting to see the Devontae Adams effect as well as far as the run game goes? Yeah, I think you're, you're exactly right. Um, that, that's a great point because, you know, and it goes back to what you just said about if he continues to do this, how much will it continue to open up the offensive, the, the passing game? Mm-hmm. Um, you can't you can't load the box completely with Devontae Adams on the outside. And, again, that that's helping as well uh, with Josh as well. Uh, I think it's a collective effort. Yeah. Um, I think if you put everyone together, offensive line playing better, Josh playing out of his mind, you know, Devontae uh, getting open for targets. And, and that's what they – I'm sure – that's what they had hoped would happen. Like I said, I don't think anyone sat around in that room and said, hey, Josh is going to run for 150, you know, three straight weeks or whatever it is. I don't think anyone ever said that. Right. But now that he has, I'm sure, you know, Lombardi and McDaniels and people like that are happy because it's just going to open up everything for everyone else that they want to get the ball to. Yeah, I mean, right now, Josh Jacobs is the number three rusher uh, after yeah. seven weeks, right? I mean, no, I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. Uh, but again, that goes back to the point we weren't talking about Josh Jacobs enough, right? I mean, the guy's been, no. he's been a hard runner ever since he's came into the league. I just think that, again, kind of flies under the radar. Again, Ed Graney is our guest here from ESPN Las Vegas. You can find him on the press box, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Tyler Bischoff. And, of course, he writes for the RJ as well. Go ahead, Demond. When it comes to this defense, switching gears a little bit, because they had the task of stopping another prolific runner in Pierce on the Texans in this game, it was very close up until the fourth quarter. Do you think that Patrick Graham, he's showing his worth where people, where they talk about the defensive scheme and what it's lacking, but what he's really good at is making those adjustments late into the game? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, you, you guys are going to have to help me out uh, on yesterday because I was on a flight back to Notre Dame. But um, look, they've gotten, he's gotten a. Uh, some criticism the last several weeks. Um, uh, Deron Harmon really stepped up and, and ended it yesterday. I saw the clip of that. Um, but they've got to get better. Um, you know, if Josh is going to keep doing this and the offense is going to keep opening up, they really need to defend as well as they can. And, you know, adjustments yesterday, you guys can help me with that. But um, they got the job done and they won the game. And like I said, I did see, I did see a replay of the Harmon play. They were up. They were going to win it anyway, but it's nice kind of to end it like that and end it with a defensive play because they have been questioned of late, so you want someone to step up and make a play like that. You need you need turnovers. You need to produce them into points, and I thought the Harmon play kind of was like you know the icing on the cake for the Raiders yesterday. And while they might not have needed it to win the game, plays like that can carry over um, in terms of you know showing the defense that plays like that can be made and you know can make Patrick Graham's night a lot, a lot easier to go to sleep. 
Well, I'll say this, Ed. I mean, and there was a point in the game, I think it was late third quarter, I, I received a tweet or two saying, I think, Q, the best defense is going to be a better offense. And that's just, that's how it felt yesterday, right? Sitting in the press box, that's how it felt to me that, you know what, the Raiders are just going to have to be better offensively because the defense isn't making those stops. And, of course, right. they were able to get some later on in the game, which is great. But sometimes it's just that, right? I mean, like Ron Washington used to say about baseball, it's how baseball go. Sometimes that's how football goes, right? It's just yes. sometimes the best defense is a greater greater offense. It's a, gr- it's a great offense. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, they can, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to say, hey, if Josh keeps doing this, right. um, you know, it's just, it's, I mean, if he keeps doing this, he's going to have, you know, one of the best years ever. Um, right. So it's kind of hard to say, oh, yeah, just keep running for 140, 150. But if you can run for 100, if you can get around that, you know, that, that number each week or close to each week, like you said, your offense can make up for a lot of, you know, not a lot, but some deficiencies defensively. And you don't want to have a, uh, a situation where you have to outscore people every week. But, you know, uh, th- this offense, you know, and we've talked about it before, we talked about it earlier, this offense had a chance to be really prol- prolific if the offensive line stood up. And yeah. if they're doing that more and more, then it has, the, it has a chance to be more prolific uh, than people even thought. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you can be that way offensively, maybe if you need help defensively on the back end or uh, improvements, that can help as long as the offense keeps, it, you know, keeps up with what it's doing. I'll tell you what, the offensive line is gaining confidence and confidence each and every time Josh yeah. Jacobs rips off another seven-yard run, right? I mean, they're that's, like... That's a, great, that's a great point. It's making them feel better. Right. Because, you know, if you're an offensive lineman, I talked to Andre James after the first time he set his career high like three weeks ago, um, the smile on his face and the way, you know, those guys take pride in that. And, you know, and you should. I mean, if you're an offensive line and your back's getting 150 a week, then you should take pride in that. And like you said... It makes them feel better. It makes them work harder. It makes them want him to continue that kind of run. And that will only make your offensive line better. All right, Ed, so I've got to ask you, how was the trip? Tell me all about South Bend. Oh, was it man. magical? Did well, you did you play like a champion when you were writing your story? <laughs> I, didn't get a hit in, I didn't get a hit any signs coming down the uh, stairs there, Mom. But uh, I had been there twice to go there and see the campus and the bookstore and all that. I had not, I'd been inside the stadium. I'd never seen a game there. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It was an incredible day. Not a cloud in the sky. It was a beautiful day. Um, and, you know, the Rebels, uh, you know, they're shorthanded. They didn't have Brumfield. They didn't have Aiden Robinson. So, you know, Courtney Reese made up for that by going for, like, 140. So, you know, you can't say that Robinson would have made a huge success, a lot of yards for uh, Reese. Um, but... You know, I would have liked to see Doug Brumfield play there. I don't think it would have changed the outcome. I think Notre Dame was probably a little bigger and better. Um, but, you know, I think it was a great experience for those kids. They'll always remember that. They'll watch Notre Dame play on TV and know that they played at that venue. And uh, I'm I'm hearing that Victory March song in my sleep because uh, <laughs> I think Notre Dame band played it like 7,000 times. Oh, wow. There you go. You got to love it. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I I was surprised by the way UNLV played. I mean, they didn't play. I thought they were just going to get ran out the building, and they didn't get right. ran out the building. They played a lot better than what no. I expected. So there's And they that. were down 30-7 to seven at half, and at that right. point you thought, uh-oh. But you know what? Second half they played a lot better. Right. They just, you know, they just put their defense in two bad positions in the first half. You can't have two punts blocks. You can't keep you know ha- having your defense run on the field and try to stop Notre Dame from the 14- or 15-yard line. Right. Um, that just – that did them in, you know, it was, so it was over at the half, but I, I gave them a lot of credit. They came out in the second half, played a lot, lot better. And look, th- these last four games are what they played all season for, right? They're four and four. They've got to get to six to be bowl eligible. This is what they've been in line for. They have everything in front of them. All their goals are still there for them. And they've got four games, and with Doug Brumfield, they'd have four winnable games. So they have a bye this week, come back at San Diego State, and I think if Doug Brumfield's back, they have a chance to um, definitely a chance to win at least two more and go to a bowl. 
No doubt about it. Well, great stuff, Ed, as always. We definitely appreciate you. Got anything special coming out on the press box or anything that you're writing that we need to be on the lookout for? Uh, Lindsay's in for Tyler tomorrow. Ooh, uh, so there you we'll, go. Uh, we'll have a lot of golden nights. She'll uh, break down the game tonight against Toronto, and then uh, I'm sure I'll see you on Wednesday out there for Coach and all the uh, interviews, and then uh, New Orleans is up next. There you go. Well, we'll talk about that next week, but uh, good stuff, Ed, as always. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. All right, there he goes. Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. Also, the RJ does great job writing and uh, just came back from a trip from South Bend, so that's not too bad. Uh, that's called uh, on-the-job expense. Not mad at that at all. 2.46 at the time. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. When we come back, got a couple texts that I want to get to. 69187, keyword R&R. Been asking the question about Josh Jacobs. Do you feel like he is underrated? I feel like he's underrated. Feel like we're not talking about him enough, and that's on me as well. That's not just everyone on the outside. That's on me as well. So uh, what are your thoughts? 69187, keyword R&R. And if you have a game ball or two you want to give out to uh, someone who helped the Raiders come up with a victory yesterday, let us know about it. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We're at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're inside the Underground Lounge for Monday Night Football. This is the spot. We're here till at least 6 o'clock. So uh, come on by, hang out with us, get hooked up with some of these prizes and drink specials, food specials. And, of course, we have a lot of a lot of great sports talk that we're going to have for you in the next few hours. Got some text messages, and we've been asking the questions about Josh Jacobs, and is it me or is he underrated? Like, not enough people are talking about him. And I include myself in that conversation, that I don't think I've even talked about Josh Jacobs enough. So shame on me for that. But been asking you the question at 69187, keyword R&R. Got a, but we get text messages about everything. So we got this one text saying from the 916, I'm getting tired of you guys saying this regime doesn't do that. All they have done is literally do the exact opposite, darn near what you guys say, no matter what you guys say. Why trade for Devontae? This regime doesn't do that. What did they do? They aren't going to pay Waller. This regime doesn't do that. What did they do? Paid him. I hope the regime continues to prove y'all wrong again. Again, that's a text from the 916, and appreciate the text as always. I'm not sure what to tell you on on that one. Um, I don't remember anyone here on the radio station saying that they weren't going to pay Waller or they weren't going to trade for Devontae. I was actually hoping they were going to trade for Devontae. I didn't feel like it was realistic that Green Bay was going to trade him. But I remember pounding the table many times saying, give Derek Carr the best weapon that he had. I, I remember that like it was yesterday. But I honestly was shocked that Green Bay traded him. And now as you see what's going on in Green Bay, you understand why. <laughs> right? Because they look like they're lost. They look like my buddy, you know, me being in Texas, I learned a lot of country sayings. My buddy Ward had a country saying. He said, uh, he's lost as a ball in high weeds. And I never knew what that stood. I never knew what that even meant. I'm not a country guy, right? I'm a West Coast cat, man. But when he would say that with his old country accent, it was the funniest thing ever. And he's lost like a ball in high weeds, and I would die. Like, I thought it was the funniest thing ever. But that was just my buddy Ward, man. It was just a country cat. So that's how Green Bay looks right now. They look like they're lost like a ball in high weeds, right, without having Devontae Adams. So... I didn't think that they were going to trade him, but I was talking about the Raiders possibly trading him. I don't really know who you're talking about saying they don't do this, they don't do that. The only thing we've said today is I would doubt that they would trade, and I don't think that they would sign a, or they would sign a guy to a franchise tag that's almost $10 million when they turned down an option that was only $8 million. That just sounds like bad business to me. But, I, I mean, look, you know, if you buy a Cadillac for 58000 and then you sell it for $95,000, that's, that's a hookup. Right? I don't know too many business people that would do that, but if you're willing to do it, cool. I got a Cadillac for you. (laughs) 
if you want to spin the bread, I'll do it. So, I mean, look, we could be wrong, and we don't have any problem being wrong. That's the other thing. That's really why I want to address it. I've been wrong plenty of times, but I don't have any problem with that. It's just our opinion, and this is just what we're getting, the kind of feedback we're getting when we're around either GM Dave Ziegler or coaches or this, that, and the other. We just bring to you whatever we can bring to you. So I'm not too sure what else we could do besides give you our honest thoughts. And that's what we try to do each and every day, regardless if it's the morning tailgate, JT, myself. doesn't matter. We all just try to give you our honest thoughts. I know one of our honest thoughts was that Jerron Harmon was the guy that we like to call the closer. I remember when he signed with the team, we said, you know, what he does is he studies film really well to the point where he knows where things are going to happen, how he, he's going to be there. He's going to make some big plays for the Raiders. Picked up, a, uh, He got an interception a few weeks back, and the Raiders didn't turn that into anything. It was against the Cardinals, as a matter of fact. They didn't score any points. Well, he picked up an interception on Sunday, and he took it to the house. His first career pick six. He has 23 career interceptions, but the one on Sunday was a pick six. So after the game, we caught up to him in the locker room, and he was talking about, well, just the demeanor of the team, where they're at right now, what he's seeing from the players, and then he gets into the conversation about the interception. People are sticking to the process. We're working our butts off each and every day. I mean, I know it doesn't look like it from, you know, wins loss perspective, but the guys really come in here with the right attitude today. And hopefully, you know, we can continue to grow, uh, stack some wins together, and uh, turn this thing around. Where does the ball go? Hmm? Uh, where did that ball go? Yeah. That one go to my mama. She had me. So that's the first pick six I got. So I got, I, I'm thankful for her. Uh, and, um, yep, that's for moms. What were you thinking about as you're running? I mean, are, as you're, you're running, you see this touchdown end zone in front of you? Find my family. Yeah. Find my family. I knew where they were, and I just want to acknowledge them because they're the reason why I'm able to put as much, you know, in the football as I do. Uh, my wife is tremendous, you know. I wanted to give her some love because, you know, when I play football during the season, you know, a lot of my time is, is dedicated to football. So she makes sure the family is straight. She does everything that I need for, you know, uh, for the family. So I wanted to find them and let them know this place for them as well. Were they down in that end of the field? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Right there. Oh, I pointed at them. They seen me. My wife was going crazy, too. They going crazy. You so. saw her as you were running? Without a doubt. I know exactly really? where she was. I know. I know where they are beginning of the game, so I know exactly where they are. But you're not thinking, like, don't fall? Like, nah. Don't an offensive lineman trip me? Not at all. Not at all. I seen Big Tunsil. I was like, nah, I can't let you I can't let you get me because my son going to be like, how you let that offensive tackle get you? So um, just trying to make sure I got in the end zone. I did. Great, great blocking by the guy. So great blocking. Just a couple minutes right there with Raider safety Deron Harmon, but a cool little story there about him knowing where his family's at, him pointing at his wife, and uh, then also giving her the praise for everything that she does and allowing him to focus on just football. And I say it all the time that if you have someone that's special like that where they'll have your back and allow you to do what you do really well and not have to worry about other things, that is a blessing. I'm, I'm blessed to have that. Uh, type of opportunity. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have uh, that in my wife as well. And uh, we just celebrated our 10 year anniversary just last week. And man, oh man, I'm telling you, without her, I don't know what kind of trouble we'd be in. My, my, my light bill would probably be paid or not paid. It'd probably be off. I'd wake up and electricity would probably be off because I forgot to pay the bill or something like that. But uh, she's on top of that stuff and definitely appreciate her for that and a whole lot more. 258 is the time when we come back at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Mick Akers from the RJ will join us. Radio Nation Radio 920.